Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast of Community Bible Church. Serving the Rogue Valley from Central Point, Oregon. We are a multi-generational family. Equipping believers to be adopted in, growing up, and reaching out through the gospel. You know, as we've already alluded to, it's been a crazy week, hasn't it? And, and, and again, I think it comes, it comes really in fairness on the heels of a crazy summer uh, and a crazy year. Uh, there's not one of us in this room that doesn't look forward to the t-shirt that simply says, I survived 2020, dot, 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 and it's over. Not one of us. But the, the sad and hard reality is 2021 right now doesn't promise to be a whole lot better. And again, I'm, I'm, I, some of you are coming in with, excuse me, all of you are coming in, I believe, with one of three heads. One of three minds. Some of you are coming in today with a sense of, I'm done with this. And what I mean by that is you've been reading the newspaper. You're tired of a, a now 100 plus days of, of rebellion up in Portland. You're, you're now seeing all that's going on in the, the West Coast today. You, you, you cried uh, for what went on in Compton as I hear two police officers were shot and then they were stopped from being able to go get the rescue that they needed uh, by the crowd themselves. And many of you are just tired of, of all, all that you're seeing. And, and your attitude this morning is, get a gun. All right? You're angry, you're frustrated, and you put your head on that, that patriotic uh, time of, of revolution. And there are many of you who represent that group in the church today or are home watching this morning. You, you represent that group. Let me, let me remind you real quick, there was a godly group of people that left America in the 1700s, and among the Tories were many good and godly Christians. And if you ever go, I have a chance to go up to Canada and see in Nova Scotia and Halifax many churches that were built by, by godly men and women who just didn't see the revolution the way we saw it. So you, you need to understand that your, your attitude reflects Americana, but it, it, it struggles to represent true and ultimate biblical Christianity. Um, so some of you come today for that. Some of you are coming today and you recognize a simple despair. You, you, you see one thing happen, another thing happen to another thing happen to another thing. And whether that's death during COVID times, as, as we've seen our church family pass away, not from COVID, but yet the restrictions that COVID is creating also doesn't allow us to mourn and, and grieve the loss of men and women that have gone before us now. And it's, it's hard to close the door for some of you who have lost loved ones. You can't close the door and move on. It's a continuing wound in your life. And so you're, you're faced with despair this morning. And we can't come in here and go, ha, 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 we're happy. And as we started last week, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's not the way to start church today, is it? 
because not too many of you got the joy, 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 joy down in your heart. The where part makes sense, but the joy part doesn't. And many of you are today here today, and you're going, you know, I am just exhausted emotionally. My anxiety is up to here. My depression's quite high. I don't see an end to this. And I am, I am so tired of both media and social media that I just cannot make it. I'm unraveled. Well, you and I need to remember the promises of God. You see, God says, I still sit on my throne. You may not feel it. You may not sense it. But I want you to understand, the only way you're going to get through it is to look at that Bible that you hold and with absolute confidence say, what you've written in here is true and I trust it. All right? Walk away and you'll always be in the situation that you're in. Stare at it and you will find solace while you're going through it. So family, understand, some of you are that way, some of you are that way. Thirdly, some of you, are, you're in that unknown, and that's why many of you are at home, there's COVID concern. You're not rebellious, but you, you sense all that's going on today, the, the, the fear of the, of the disease itself, the fear of all that we're going. It's always nice, isn't it, to have both COVID and the worst possible air in the entire planet? What, what a one-two punch, right? Really makes wearing those masks kind of a, a difficult thing. With the mask on, you're gagging for breath because you don't, have, you don't have any oxygen out there. And on the next level, if you don't wear it, you break the law. So, I mean, it's just it's a real tough thought here. But you want to obey. You want to, do, you want to be seen as a team player. And all of those things are just going through your head right now. Uh, and so we have rebellion here this morning. We have, we have wanting to be a partner fit in and maybe even a little fear that I could catch COVID and it would be horrific. And then those who are just in absolute anxiety over the, the life that we're in. Some, you're all here this morning with that. And here's the killer. Ready? You all have a plan of attack for recovery. All right? Some of you, it's get a gun. All right? Some of you, it's bury yourself under the pillow a little deeper. All right? Some of you, it's going to be in isolation and retreat. And so we all have this strategy. And we've set aside this month to look at what's important to us. And though I'm, I won't focus on the other two real well this morning, remember we'll talk in the future about reaching out, we'll talk about next week growing up. But family, God's given us a strategy on how to go through this. Now I'm going to be really fair to you as a natural man, one who's been redeemed by Christ and had my, my flesh destroyed at the cross. Because my flesh still wants to control, I've got my own plan of strategy here too. All right? But God's given us one that he says, I want you to do it this way. And in doing it this way, you're going to show who I am. 
my authority, my power, my grace, my wisdom, and my strength. You're going to show that. And I believe if we show it, we'll know it. All right? If we show it, we'll know it. So understand today is a profoundly important quality. We call it adopted in. Adopted in was very evident. When you saw that video this morning, what was the one word that shouted out? Family. All right? We've used that as a core idea of who we are now for 24 years. And it's easy how everybody comes back to that. You're going to hear, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God within Christian culture. It's routine. You'll hear it here with a higher degree of expectation. And you hear that here uniquely. So adopted in is a, a, a profound idea that the church should have that Jesus Christ teaches us. And he does it at the very most difficult moment in history. Put yourself not as a churchgoer in a burned-out community with COVID-19 exacerbating the problem. I want you to put yourself in the upper room. Put yourself there with 11 guys. 11 of them anticipate the 12th, Jesus Christ, to now disappear. What's going to happen? They are frightened. They have no clue. And they are worried that as he dies, they're gone. And they've given up everything. Their families are up in the, in the Galilee region. They're not anywhere near their families. They've, they've left it all. They've, they've identified with Jesus now for three years. What's going to happen to us? All right? And so out of this lesson, we're going to ask ourselves one important quality, and it's going to be a key quality. How to create an adopted-in love for the family of CBC. And let's be honest today. Some of you are really unlovable. Easy for you to love me. I get that. Easy. Conversely, not so easy. How are we going to do, how are we going to do it? And we're going to do it God's way. All right? And I believe Jesus Christ gives us the qualities on how to do that. In John chapter 13, 31 through the rest of the chapter. And I'd love you to walk with me this morning. I hope it is as challenging to you in the fire, in the fiery COVID-19 world that it was to me last week. Family, I, I want to suggest to you first how to create an adopted-in love for the family of CBC is done by seeing my love is Christ-centered. By seeing my love, I'm sorry, is cross-focused or cross-centered. I want you to hear what he says. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. God is glorified in him. God will also glorify him, Jesus, 
in Himself, God the Father, and glorify Him at once. We see it five times. So obviously glorifying is the, the idea, the core expectation, the core focus. What is that glorifying? Family, Jesus has had one plan from birth, dramatic virgin birth, to 12-year-old kid sitting in the temple in Luke chapter 2, to the day he turned water into wine in that house in Cana, when he says, hey, this isn't my time yet. And mom says, okay, servants, go listen to him. And he turns water into wine. He... He has one focus as, as he unpacks the ministries that we all know, the, the, the healings, the teachings, uh, the, the life lessons that he gives the disciples. He still has one key focus. And we come down to the point and he says, now's that time. Now's that time. I'm going to bring glory to God the Father. I'm going to receive glory from God the Father. But what's he going to do? The whole plan of his life is about ready to be fulfilled as he's nailed to a cross. As he's about ready to go through capital punishment to the Roman Empire, given to him by the Jewish world who demanded that death. Jesus calls it, I'm here to get glory. I'm here to give glory. And I'm here to receive glory. So, family, understand everything about Jesus Christ working here has been one for one reason. I'm looking forward. I'm planning. My expression of love is found in a hammer and a nail and a piece of wood. All right? That's everything. But I want you to know how full and rich and wonderful it is. It's not just the nail and the hammer and a piece of wood. I want to suggest to you, it's the life of obedience and the moment of obedience, the sacrifice that's going to be made as he now becomes our substitute. It's going to be the physical death. He didn't swoon. He didn't pass out. He died. Family, I'm going to suggest to you it's the resurrection, it's the exaltation and all of that is just one long event that we see over a three-day period, then 50 days later exalted into heaven to be on the right hand of the Father. It's just one event, and this is the capstone. Christ worked all his life to go to the cross, and his love for the Father is based on that cross. His love for the world is based on that cross. We wouldn't have John 3.16... For God so loved the world that he gave. So for Jesus, that meant obedience. Father gave it. He received that demand of obedience and submitted to it. His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So that was Jesus' plan. I love the Father so much, I'm going to the cross. I love people so much that in submission to the Father, I'm going to the cross. And you and I have to understand, if you and I are going to represent Jesus Christ, our first and foremost reason for doing what we do as we extend love for one another is not because you like each other. 
but because Jesus Christ died on the cross. It's a Christ-focused love. All right? Why do I teach Sunday school class? Man, I hate those rugrats. All right? Kids? Oh, my goodness. Just because I art one a long time ago, I don't have to get involved with them. Why am I in Awana? Because I like it. I like wearing that uniform. I like playing games. You see, if, if, if you get involved in Sunday school because it's a duty, you missed it. In Awana, because you liked it, you missed it. If you make coffee because you just like it and you're, you don't want to buy it on Sunday morning on your way to Dutch Brothers, and so you want a freebie here at the church, you missed it. If you're an usher today because you really like the idea of what you're doing, you missed it. If you're a greeter and you only do so because you're a real people person, you missed it. If you're an elder today because you wanted the power that all that represents and a deacon because all that represents, you missed it. Please understand, you do what you do because Jesus Christ died on the cross. And forgive me, there might not be a lot likable about you, but I love you because Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and you responded positively to the gospel. Now, you ready? Because of that, you're stuck with me. All right? And when I have needs, you show it. When you have needs, I show it. When other brothers and sisters who are hurting because of a fire or frayed because of COVID, you and I don't express our opinion. We show our love to them in the way that they need it. Why? I don't like doing it that way. It's a cross-focused love. And I will myself to obey my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I will myself only because, we'll see in a moment, I was given a gift by the Holy Spirit to do it. Because I can't do that in my own power. All right? So as we begin today, how, how do we do that? How do we love the church family? And, and show adopted inequalities. We start by recognizing it's a Christ, or excuse me, it's a cross-focused love. I want, you, I want you to see next by living a love that is family-focused. By living a love that is family-focused. Listen to John 13, 33. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Now, family... Again, I want you to see what's, what's going on. Jesus has said these words, I'm going away, to the Jewish community for the last couple of weeks if we study the Gospels. But he has said it with a whole different attitude, a whole different authority. I'm going away. And you can't stop me. All right? It was a whole different attitude to the, to the community. He now comes in here to a bunch of men who are frightened out of their minds. 
And he looks down and he says, I'm going to go away, guys. I'm, I'm not taking away the problems. I'm not going to take away the anxiety that you feel right now. I'm not taking away the fear that you feel right now. But understand we're family. Understand we're family. So he picks up a little word. Little children. Now, for, forgive me again, but use your imagination who he's talking to. All right? These are men, 24 to 33, all right? The heart of your years and as a young family leader, all right? Little children, these are businessmen, fishermen who've run and managed their own business, and they've done so through the calluses of their own hands. Uh, men who have led community as tax collectors. And they have hardened their hearts to what it means to go out and steal from other people and do so for their own benefit. Now they have a whole different attitude. If we look at also the Simon's a zealot, a man who was so convinced that he had to destroy the Roman world and destroy the Jewish world in order for the Messiah to come, and then he have real power. He looks down to all of them, he says, hey, kids, better, better said, my kids, hey, I, I need to talk to you. I'm going away. And if those of you who know Scripture, you know the very next series of verses, beginning in 14.1. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe God? Believe also in me. And then he goes on to say, in, in dad's house are many rooms. I got a spot for all of you. And so you see this, you see this tenderness that comes to a family reality. And if you and I want to love each other, you and I have to remember that at some state, you have to show the same family love that Scripture teaches. We have little children here, but you and I know the verses. Brothers, sisters, older women in the church teach the younger women in the church. Moms teach daughters. And the family language that's used throughout the New Testament is the language of the church. It's family-focused. It's family-friendly. And it, I also want you to understand it's done from the point of, in some of our cases, maturity to immaturity. Jesus just said, little children, my kids. So he's talking about our apostles. But you guys are leaders in, in, in many regards. Ben, ben, you sit here with your kids. Every one of them are going to look to you as leader. And you say, well, I, you know, I'm not that mature. You are to your kiddies. And every one of you who are moms and dads today, you need to understand the worst thing that we could ever worry about and ask any mom and dad who are older and they now have adult kids, if your kids didn't follow you in the faith, you're praying for them constantly. Man, that's, that's the number one thing you want. Why? Because there are kids. And that's true all around the room. Why do, I, why do I get involved in ministries at the church? Because it's my family. 
And that's true with Sunday school. That's true with Awana. That's true in, in your ABFs and your community groups. And wherever I get involved, I don't do it because I like it. I do it because it's my family. And some of you have creativity, and some of you have in giftedness given to you by the Holy Spirit that is being missed out and not being used because you're forgetting that the very foundation of the reason that you have been given into it and the reason that you have the ability to love in the first place is that it's Christ-focused and it's family. It's been given to the family. And your focus should be there. I want you to notice thirdly, by knowing love is Christ demanded. Family, I wear a, I wear a mental illustration that serves me well. There are people who come into my office routinely that I don't want to be loyal to for one reason or another. But I have a mental illustration that works for me and I tell everybody I wear a pair of handcuffs. And my, my Bible goes through those handcuffs so that I'm stuck with the tenets of God's word as if they were handcuffed to me. And my Savior demanded something of me and he demanded something of all of you. And he says, you will be known because you love. And I'm commanding you to do so. Now family, don't you think if he commanded us, he also expects us to succeed and gives us the tools to do so? He looks down and he says, I'm going to give you a new commandment. Now, if you know the Old Testament, you've seen commandments to love people throughout all of the Old Testament. Matter of fact, what are the most important commandments that was even asked of Jesus? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we've seen that. Why is this one new? Here's why. You ready? Because it's tied to the cross. First and foremost. Secondly, it's Holy Spirit empowered. You can't love your neighbor as yourself without the Spirit. Can't be done. Matter of fact, we'll talk about that here in the next verse, so don't let me get ahead of myself. God gives it to succeed. So he can say in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as you or just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So family, the hard part is here is there's no excuses right now of why we don't love people who know Jesus Christ as Savior. And I use the, the reminder in my part, I never want to have a relationship with someone who knows Christ as their Savior that they can't come down the same aisle with me at Costco. 
If I have to look over to Kathy and say, honey, did you see who's over there? Let's go down this one. All right? You know you're not right with the Lord at that point. And so what is a community that wants to see us, see the best of us in this burned out moment in time that we have? They want to see somebody who adheres to the commands of Jesus Christ. Love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit produced in us when we walk in dependence upon Him. Family, what a privilege it is to be able to live in that great reality. And Jesus seems to use it over and over again as his illustration for you and I to live out our faith. So he can say in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, to all of us, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And walk in love, again, is a command. Let me take you on just a little bit more and a little more personal. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now listen to verse 27. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Let me ask you, Husbands, did you go into the attitude of marriage and leadership in your home with the idea that, wow, I really want to help my wife get to heaven and have a greater understanding of the Redeemer that she will face when we arrive there? That's the thought. Those of you who are, are, are not married for one reason or another, when you look to the future and you say, I want to be married, if you're a man today, what would that do to your thought process of who you're going to go out with? And as a, as a future wife, as a single woman, and you thought that way, what would that do to your picking process? So we're demanded. I want you to notice there's a fourth. By recognizing love is a transforming example. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Family, Jesus is talking about the change introduced to us through grace. Salvation should have an impact on all of us on our inside, but it also has to be transformational on our outside. So we use the ABCs when we want to tell somebody the importance of the gospel. You admit you're a sinner. You understand that, and I can't, I can't do this. I can't obey the Ten Commandments from, from considering God the most important thing. 
to not coveting my neighbor's stuff? Any of those along the way? I can't do that. That's impossible for me. And God even reminds us. For all have sinned and fall short. There's no way we can do it. And we admit that. We we understand our despair. We've gotten to that point. Okay, I understand that. And then we believe, we understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He was our substitute. There wasn't anyone else who could have been in that place but the God-man Jesus Christ. And we look down and we say, wow, I believe that. That He covers my inability. And I want that salvation. I, I, I accept His work in trade of all that I have and all of the limitations that I am. But listen to the third. You then commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So it goes from inside to from the inside, by the power of the Holy Spirit, transforming and working in you on the outside so that it shows. You who used to be a bad tree are now, by the transformation of the Holy Spirit, a good tree, one that can produce fruit that God uses. So family, it is always a Spirit-produced outward focus that people see. It is the sort of love that stands out conspicuously in this self-centered world. So much so that he can add, by this, all people will know you are my disciples. It goes from the heart to the hands. So James could say in chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith? James is simply referring to this outside, this inside claim. I, I, I have it on the inside I'm a real person of faith. I know Jesus is Savior. So he's referring to faith in its most caricatured idea. It's just an inside thought. And then he goes on to say, but does not have works? Can that faith, that, that just that inner idea, that claim, save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So if you and I have a full refrigerator, and we have extra winter clothes to help, the grace of Christ should be a motive for action. Uh, One of my favorite men down through time is is a... pastor by the name of Richard Wormbrand. Uh, Tortured for Christ uh, was a book that he wrote. Today, uh, many of our, of our awareness of world persecution comes from his ministry. He's now gone to, to glory, but he was arrested at one period of time, and he took this, this, this idea very literally, and he had one winter coat, and a prisoner came, and he was freezing. He took the seam of the back coat off and he gave half the coat to the other guy. Somebody else came and said, I, I'm freezing. And he cut the coat at the, at the point of the top sleeve and he handed it to the other guy. So he had a quarter of a winter coat by the time 
two people came by to ask. Family, the condemnation to the rest of the prisoners was incredible because they recognized a, a love that Jesus Christ had as it played out through Richard Warmbrandt's life and even in prison was making an impact to see men and women come to Jesus Christ. You see, what's on our inside transforms us by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be told in, in Galatians chapter 5 that the very fruit of the Holy Spirit begins with love, joy, peace, patience, perseverance. So we look down and we go, wow, I'm given that by the Holy Spirit. And, and let's not forget one of my favorite verses, 2 Timothy 1.7. God didn't give you a spirit of timidity. God didn't make you afraid. God didn't build your anxiety. What did he give me? He gave me love. Agape love to love other people like he loves. He gave me power, dunamis, to be actively engaging in ways that look supernatural. And I love the third, he gave me self-control. He gave me the ability to not think selfishly, self-centeredly, fleshly. And he allows me now to be transformed by his power. So we have a love that, that comes out of us that's phenomenally transformational that we need to utilize and remember who we are. Let me give you the last one. Possibly, possibly, practically the most important. By having a love that is sin-forgiving, Listen, listen to, the, to the very next series of verses. All men will know you are my disciples. We just finished that verse. Listen to the next one. Verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? He missed the whole point. He missed all of 34 and all of 35. Where are you going? Jesus answered him. Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. I want you to see Peter's failure, but what I want you to see even more is Christ's commitment to Peter. Hey, Peter, you're going to screw up in ways that you're going to embarrass my holy name. And our relationship is even going to be questioned because you have done something so hurtful to me in the next few hours that you're going to be embarrassed for the rest of your life. But I want you to know it. I already know it. Family, he had told in them in Matthew that you're all going to run away. And when they got to the garden, every one of them ran away. But what I want to remind you here is this. Every one of them went away. Ten guys. You all know Judas is not in the room. So all of you who are thinking my map is a little askew this morning, remember Judas is gone. So ten of them run away, and Jesus tells them, you're going to run away. One embarrasses him by denying his name. Here's what I want to suggest to you. To those ten, he never said a word. 
Not one word, even though in one level it was the same denial of Christ when they ran away in fear. Jesus never said a word. So what would be our benefit if 11 times you were sinned against, if there was an injustice given to you by men and women who proclaim Christ? You completely overlooked it. And one time you sat down and in love over a cup of coffee, you restored fellowship. What would that do to the health of our local churches? What would, our, what would that do to our ability to walk through the hallway at Costco? Because we looked down and we went, I forgive you in Jesus Christ. I'm even going to ignore the fact that you got mad tonight in Awana. I'm going to ignore the fact that you let me down. I'm going to ignore the fact that you weren't with me when I desperately needed you. I forgive you. And so family, understand, I think you and I need to be reminded today, especially today, when the air quality is so wonderful, when COVID is so front page news of who you and I are in Jesus Christ today. We're the walking representatives of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we have the privilege because we've been adopted in to show others what it means so we can remind them through our sin-forgiving attitude. We can remind them through our transformational example of love. We can remind them that we've been commanded to be loyal and loving through our Savior Jesus Christ. That family, that we are family focused and we're going to find a way. And that our love is ultimately cross focused. So today, to, do, to be loving this morning might mean you hold on. You hold on. You hold on with, with, with an attitude that is graceful, even though all you want to do right now is pull the covers up a little bit more. You look down and say, Lord, you told us to hang tough here. The most loving thing you can do, the most loving thing you can do might be put a rag over your face and mow your widow neighbor's yard. Because she goes to another church and her kids aren't around here. And then allow the Lord to just deal with life. So wherever you're at, the most loving thing you might do is encourage and pray with in the hallway to the people. Some way, someone here today who's out of side, who's, who's, who's sideways in their walk with the Lord. And so, let me encourage you today. Let's be Christians, okay? Let's be Christians. If in, in the book of Acts, the men and women of Antioch could be called Christians, little Christs. Let's let our community see who we are this week, okay?
not because of anything more than one of the core values of being a believer at CBC is being adopted in as family. Father in heaven, we go this morning is straight into communion. And what a privilege it is, dear God, to be reminded that first, our, our, the body and blood of Jesus Christ is represented by a little piece of broken bread and grape juice. And dear God, we're taken back to the very moment that Christ showed His love to us. Father in heaven, we're reminded that we are the family of God, the body of Christ. And Father in heaven, we would never break that bond. And we do so with community and loyalty. And dear God, may in taking communion, we're reminded that we need to be loyal to one another. Watch over us now, dear God, I pray that this next week, what comes out of our lives, what comes out of our efforts is the cross of Jesus Christ to a world right now that's blinded to the efforts of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Community Bible Church. Follow us on Facebook to keep up to date with all our latest content. Thank you.